0: All right, welcome to the Beyond the Player podcast. I'm your host, Shane Richardson. This is a new Mud Magazine podcast. You can find all the details on Instagram at the MudMag or on themudmag.com. Today we have with us Tyler Lowe, our first uh, interviewee. Tyler, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. My name is Tyler. I'm on the men's tennis team here at Sacred Heart. I'm from New Jersey.
0: Nice, nice. You're a, uh, a junior junior captain on the tennis team this year, correct?
1: Yes, I'm co-captain for this year. Nice,
0: nice. You looking forward to the year, getting back to uh, to something normal now that uh, after COVID ends, try and get a season in?
1: Yeah, definitely. We just had our first practice. It felt good to get back out there. Just looking forward to competing again. You know, we don't have any competitions in the fall, but, you know, definitely looking forward to some matches in the spring. Get back out there.
0: For sure. What was the first practice like? I know it's a, it's a little bit different for you now. Split up, uh, split up practices, half and half?
1: Yeah, so we have, we have to practice in pods to reduce the amount of people on the courts so the men's team was split up into two so it's basically who you live with so since i live with other tennis guys we're all in one pot depending on who has class who misses practice it's usually four or five of us on each side can only play singles too which is a little different because we're used to playing both in practice but you know for a first practice back with all these weird conditions it actually was really good i think everybody was just happy to you know get the chance to be back on the court
0: definitely i can imagine it's been a it's been a long break off these past couple of months it's been uh, it's definitely been tough how have you how have you dealt with it going from a, a student athlete practicing all the time always in competition and stuff to uh just being a regular person. What have you been doing with your time? It was
1: definitely a huge change of pace being back home in New Jersey, but, you know, not being able to train full-time at all, you know, no access to a real gym or even tennis courts at first. But I spent a lot of time, you know, hanging out with some close friends and family that I was able to see. I was doing some at-home workouts as best as possible with, like, the equipment that's easy to get. And then, Other than that, really just spending a lot of time inside TV, movies, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Same with all of us. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I know it's been weird for you. Did you ever, uh, I know during this time, people had a lot of time to think and stuff. Did you ever like reconsider your choice to play a college sport you found like the time off was enjoyable or, or did you make you want, did it make you want to like compete even more? I think
1: it definitely makes you appreciate competing a lot more. And also like, Contemplating gap years, gap semesters, you know, when you think about it, it's a decent chunk of your college career to be missing. So, you know, you really got to think do I want to take this semester off so I have another, you know, year of eligibility? You know, what is the spring going to be like? Especially there's so many unknowns that it's really tough to tell. But I'd say, it definitely made me want to compete a lot more, a lot better. And just, you know, you think about how much it means to you when you get it all taken away from you, like right at once.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It really, uh, puts it in perspective how much, uh... How much you enjoy your sports? So we're just gonna dive into it first. What, thinking back, was your your favorite sports memory? One from from like when you were playing. It can be tennis. It can be any other sport you played. And then one from watching, like professional sports, like favorite team. It's a tough one.
1: For my personal favorite sports memory, I would say in high school it was my sophomore year, I believe. We were playing in the uh, team state tournament, and we were playing against Princeton, and they were seated a lot higher than us, but one of their players ended up getting injured in the previous round, so they had to change up their lineup a little bit, so we had an easier time competing with them. The way high school matches are scored is there's three courts of singles and two courts of doubles, and every match is worth one point, and the first team to get to three points wins, and we were tied 2-2, and I was the only match on, and it was like two hours and 45 minutes, still battling it out. And I ended up winning in a third set tiebreaker and we ended up going to the semifinals of States and we lost the next round to the number one seed, I think, but still was like a crazy moment. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Those, I I feel like memories from high school are always, always so much fun, you know, playing sports with, with kids that you have grown up with and you've kind of like developed with them and you've seen them all grow and like, coming together to, to compete for something bigger is always, always a blast.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was a good time. High school tennis was like a more tamed version of college sports where you get to enjoy yourself a little more than, you know, working hard, but yeah, it was good.
0: Yeah. Right. A little um, bit more time off.
1: But for my favorite sports memory that I've watched, um, uh, the U S open is going on right now, the tennis grand slam. And I used to go every single year because it's a short car ride for me to go in. And I went to the U.S. Open with my coach from home and a couple of co and we went to the practice courts and I was watching Dominic team play, who's currently in the semifinals of the U.S. Open right now. And he was actually walking off the practice courts when I walked by. So I got a chance to talk to him for a second and meet him. You know, I was still like young, high school age. So it was like extremely shocking for me to like see somebody that I look up to, somebody that I watch all the time, you know, like right in front of me. So that was really cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, I feel like watching like watching your idols play in person is just something, like, it's totally different. You get to see them up close, and especially when you're at a college level playing a sport, and you can watch these professionals, like, you get to see what really makes the difference between you and them and what you have to do to work on. And I think it's uh, it's definitely fun to watch. I know as a golfer, personally, being able to go to professional golf tournaments and be so close to them and and almost hear them and hear them talk to their caddies and stuff, it's like, it's a crazy experience. It's yeah. surreal. So, uh, from New Jersey. What are your uh, what are your favorite sports teams?
1: I don't follow a ton of professional sports. I'm not a huge American football fan, I'm not <laughs> Americans, but if I had to choose it would be the Jets and unfortunately that's... obviously very
0: terrible. Yeah. that's tough. It's tough. It's all right. Maybe maybe in a couple of years you guys yeah. will pull it together. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but I'm a big fan of the Devils. Um okay. I love to watch hockey. My dad and my brother like hockey a lot, so um yeah and then, another
0: another tough team to be a fan of right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> other than that, a lot of MF, tennis. I follow a little bit. Uh, yeah. a little bit of soccer. So, okay. the Red Bulls and NYCFC, but
0: you know. Nice, yeah. nice. Kind of digging into, into who you are as a person. You go to a party when it's it's not COVID, you know, when you can actually gather with people. Uh, where do you, where do you stand? Where's the go-to spot to stand? Are you a you a middle of the room get excited type, type of guy? Get rowdy or are you a you a corner guy?
1: Um if there is a fan in the room, it's wherever the fan is. The uh, fan, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a middle of the room type of person. No. But sometimes, if I'm dragged in, I will make my way to the middle. I'd say. All right. With a little right. pressure from my friends, uh, maybe, maybe
0: bopin', I'll. and weave type of guy, you go wherever yeah. they want you. You know, yeah. as long as the, as long as the fans with you, right? Exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. We'll we'll dive in a little bit more about you uh, growing up and and playing now a sport. With tennis, that's like you're competing out there by yourself, but you also have a, a team that relies on you. What's that What's that like for you?
1: Yeah, it's definitely uh, really interesting because when you grow up playing junior tennis, it's usually not on a team. Most of the tournaments that you're playing in, at least like USTA tournaments and, you know, tournaments for rankings, you go in as a solo. You don't go in with a team. You know, there's like country club tennis in the summer where you might have like a team that you'll play on there, but definitely nothing like high school or even college tennis. But what's nice about college tennis is that it's a combined aspect of individual and team. So, you know, although there is a lot of personal pressure, you know, there still is other points on the court to be, you know, earned by your teammates. One thing that I really enjoy about it is that when you play on a court next to your teammates at the same time, it's like when you see your teammate hit a nice shot or like, you know, when somebody needs to be pumped up, you have, access to that whereas in tournaments previously it, you're just stranded out there so as soon as you know you're not playing your greatest as soon as your mental game starts to slip a little bit then you know you're completely reliant on yourself to pull yourself out of that
0: yeah definitely you guys can like uh, feed off each other almost when one's playing good it tends to tends to help out everybody else exactly so you said you played other sports growing up what, what else do you play Yeah. So as
1: like before high school, I was playing baseball, lacrosse, soccer, basketball and tennis. And then when I got to high school, I was playing basketball, soccer and tennis. And then gradually, as I got through high school, I started focusing more on tennis. So I played soccer most of high school, but I didn't I stopped playing basketball so that I could have another season, you know, trying to get recruited and stuff.
0: Definitely. Do you feel like, uh, playing those other team sports helped you with tennis? Um, like dealing with pressure and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd say soccer the most just because of the footwork, you know, tennis, it's really important to, you know, be where you need to be. You got to take a lot of steps to the ball. So, you know, using your feet in soccer and having to take a lot of small steps, changing direction really quickly. That definitely helped a lot.
0: Yeah. I feel like, uh, I think that's something with tennis. A lot of people don't always realize how much, uh, how much physical like energy it really takes. You have to be in great shape to play tennis. A lot of quick movement stuff like that. So I'm sure soccer uh, and basketball too have have definitely helped you with that. So when you're out in tennis, right? uh, I know all of you probably can't play this one match at the same time. So where would you prefer to play? Would you rather go out first and try to get an early point for the team or do you like to uh, to go out in the end and try to close it out, get a big win?
1: Yeah, so luckily, like most of the time, we will be able to send all of our singles matches out at the same time. But if we're playing at a facility with only four courts, then, you know, if you're playing the five or six spot, then – you're going out after everybody else. I definitely would prefer to go on the court first just because, you know, you want to bring good energy. You want to have your teammates like fresh legs behind you, you know, pumping you up and stuff. It's an extremely tiring sport and you have doubles before singles, so, you know, I'd say just having your legs fresh from doubles, getting out on the court and playing your singles match and then after that being able to, you know, recover and go watch the rest of the matches is preferable but
0: yeah right definitely definitely so you're talking about singles and doubles what's that in college tennis are you playing you're playing both at the same time like will you play a doubles match and then a singles match after or how does yeah, that work so
1: the way matches are scored is that there's three doubles matches that go out first every court plays one set whichever team wins two out of the three of the doubles courts gets one point towards the overall score and then the six singles matches following that are all worth one point so it's seven points total
0: okay So uh, what would you prefer, singles or doubles? What's more fun in your opinion?
1: I, well, it's interesting because before college, I really did not enjoy doubles. I think it's because I didn't play a lot of doubles. Like volleying is really tough, especially when you're hitting so hard. But as soon as you start to practice or, you know, find a partner that you have good chemistry with, it becomes a lot more fun. Um, So I've definitely started to enjoy doubles, maybe even more than singles now.
0: Yeah, I can imagine, like, gelling with someone else. It kind of brings back your memories of playing soccer and basketball and all those other sports. It must be a big difference, though, growing up playing playing singles tennis and all of, your, like, junior tennis tournaments and stuff, changing to doubles. What do you think is, like, the, the biggest change in that?
1: Um, I think the change between singles and doubles is just uh, more about your accuracy rather than your power, whereas the singles court you have – you know, it's just two people on a, you know, 72-foot-long court. Like, you've got a lot of space to work with. You can move them around a lot. You know, doubles is more about positioning, strategy. Um, you know, it's not just smashing the ball as hard as you can. Um, and that transition was really weird because we play against a lot of really strong teams, you know, that have nationally ranked doubles players who, you know, can put the ball in a spot where, you know, you you see it and you're just like, how, how am I, what am I yeah. supposed to do with that? You
0: know? I'd right. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Do you feel like um, there's more pressure playing doubles that since you have like a, another teammate that's kind of relying on you? Like, you know, if, if you miss a shot in singles, it's all on you. You're the only one out there. Whereas as doubles, it's a little different. I think doubles would actually be a little less pressure because you have those six
1: singles points following the doubles point. You still have, you know, a chance to gain that back if you are, you know not playing well you lose the doubles point or something but definitely you do feel a little more responsibility on a personal level having a partner on the court who's relying on you to you know communicate effectively just you know be positive out there Um, so yeah it's like a mix of both kind of
0: yeah I can see that for sure playing golf myself there's a big difference between playing by yourself and then like with the in a best ball format, you're playing with another guy, you can almost rely on them when you have a, a bad hole or you had a bad shot, can kind of pick you up and help you out there. So I'm sure it's pretty similar in tennis. How, how'd, you, how'd you end up here? Talk about like recruiting in tennis, because um, I know it's, it's probably different than, than other sports, you know, you don't always put out like, you know, football, you have huddle tapes and, and basketball and stuff. What was it like in tennis?
1: Yeah, so tennis recruiting is definitely a lot different from a lot of other sports, First, just because it's a very international sport. You know, we got people coming to the United States from all over the world to play college tennis. So um, there's just more competition in general. Um, But it's like a lot of your tournaments and stuff that you play um, growing up have an effect on your rankings. They have uh, star ratings as well. Um, So that was definitely – a super interesting time for me because I was deciding whether I wanted to play division three tennis and have you know just really focus on my career or do I you know go to a division one school where I'm going to be putting a lot more time and effort into the sport Um, so it definitely took a lot of just time and you know talking to my parents and my friends and stuff you know getting advice from people um i also went to a recruiting combine uh, at the University of South Florida um so there's this uh guy who runs these college exposure camps where he invites a bunch of coaches and players from all over the world and all over the country to just come and basically run drills and play matches and whatever and rotate people around based on skill level, and it went all the way from, like, the first court, you know, top Division One players playing for, you know, top 10 team all the way down to, like, Division Three players who aren't as serious about the sport but still want to play on a college team. Um, so that was super helpful, and getting to know coaches and, you know, having even coaches will put you in contact with other coaches if they think you're not a good fit for their team they're willing to help you and say, "Hey, I know this coach from blah 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 university. Like, I'll get you in contact with them." So that was like probably the biggest help for me that I had recruiting.
0: Yeah, definitely. Relationships, I feel like, are are so big in in our day and age now. If if you can form those relationships, it kind of helps you no matter what. Even if you don't end up going with that person's you know team or, or school or job or whatever it is, those uh, relationships will last for a while. Going back kind of uh, to, to playing in the team environment, what's it like in tennis when you have, you have a teammate who maybe has like different views than you or, you, you know, you're not like great friends with them? What's, it, what's that like?
1: We've had experiences where, you know, somebody gets really angry with their doubles partner because they're just not, you know, whatever it is, bringing good energy, playing poorly. And then it becomes a bit of an issue where, you know, they're not, they're not going to win matches like that. Um, it's just so hard to win when you don't have a strong mentality. Um, but I think that's really the only issues where like we run into between players. We're luckily a very, very close knit group of guys. Uh,
0: I know uh, for, for you viewers listening um, and watching uh, me and Tyler, were are pretty good friends who know each other pretty well. So uh, um, I know you've told me that you're family friends with Dan Marino. You have a, a big shrine in your house. Can you tell us about him a little bit?
1: <laughs> yeah. So um my parents, uh, no Dan Marino and my mom had a friend who was doing like makeup for him and stuff on his shows. Um, but, um, it was definitely interesting to meet an athlete of that caliber, completely disconnected from the sport. Um, and we definitely, we have a lot of stuff around the house from Dan Marino, especially in our basement, bunch of, you know, football memorabilia stats, uh, articles from when he retired, you know, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, I definitely think it's interesting to see an athlete in a setting outside of the sport and see how either normal they really are, or you can, you know, see those differences where you're like, okay, like, you know, they do this a lot differently than I do, because XYZ.
0: Right. What's he, what's he like? Is he a pretty pretty down-to-earth guy, or yeah, can you tell yep. that he's Dan Marino, the star quarterback?
1: Um, I mean, like, you can never really separate the fact that, you know, right, they're right. a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's a super nice guy. With most athletes you meet outside of their sport, you're most likely going to have a positive sp- experience unless you catch them at a bad time or they're notorious for being like that with their fans, but like with the professional tennis players that I've met, I've always found the same thing, you know, like they're pretty normal people outside of the sport and have similar interests as all of us do.
0: Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to uh to the next segment of our show that we're going to uh, kind of have uh, on a constant basis. Keep this going from show to show a little, are you smarter than a fifth grader as a, as a student oh. athlete, keyword, keyword student here. We're going to see a, uh, we're gonna see how well you do on this, this little quiz. It's just five short questions. I'll give you a couple hints if you need them, all right? We'll start, off, uh, we'll start off with question one. How many stars are on the flag of the European Union?
1: Of the European Union.
0: Yep, we'll give you some, we can add some music in while you're thinking.
1: I can think, but I will not give you the right
0: answer. So let's, hear, <laughs> let's hear something.
1: I was gonna say 14.
0: 14, that's a close, it's 12, it's 12, that's a good guess though, I respect 14, <laughs> yeah, we can, we, we can live with that, um, all right, number two, what chemical implants plants uses photosynthesis to turn sunlight into energy? Carbon dioxide. You got the C right, that was good, that was good, uh, it's chlorophyll, chlorophyll, oh, chlorophyll. It's there you go, that's all right, that's all right, 0 oh for 2. Uh, number three, the sixth president of the United States, who was it? He's got, three, he's got three names. He's got three names. Nothing? Nope. John Quincy Adams is the answer. To say it, I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. I mean, he could be walking down the street. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this man. Business right.
1: man, what can I tell you?
0: <laughs> Here we go. Four, this is a, a, a layout for you. All right. What, what U.S. state is Mount Rushmore located in?
1: Washington. Oh
0: my gosh, come on. South Dakota. What is this, honey? Bro, I don't know. (laughs) All right. All right. right. Fifth fifth and final question. All right. Well, we'll see if you can get one. One for five. I'll give you a I'll give you a prize. You can get a a piece of candy (laughs) if you got this one right. All right. How many sides does a heptagon have?
1: A heptagon.
0: Yep. I'm going to go with seven. Nice. There we go. <laughs> One for five, 20%. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. huh? Who would have thought? Not me. That was, that was, uh, that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of fun. We'll be doing that um, uh, very often on the show, I think. I, I like seeing uh, student athletes. Sacred Heart, good school, great school. Can't pass a fifth grade test. I don't know what are I hope they you. I hope
1: they do better than I do. That's all I. Can say. I, I
0: hope so. I don't know what New Jersey's <laughs> teaching you. The education down there is starting to lack a little bit. I guess. Well, uh, Tyler, we uh, we really appreciate you joining us for the uh, the first episode of the Beyond the Player podcast. This was a uh, this was a lot of fun. Good luck in, in the tennis season once that happens. Good luck in, in your year academically. And yeah, we really appreciate you joining us. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. We will be releasing episodes Wednesdays at 1130, so make sure to tune in. You can follow us at the Mud Mag on Instagram or go to TheMudMag.com. We'll see you next week. Thank you.